The next two of our Midos, as we continue in the Memches Kinyane Torah, are two which don't really go together, but uh, each one of them are important, and in many, not all, but in many versions of this Brisa, uh, they are the next in line, and that is Tahara on the one hand, and then Shimush Chachamim on the other. So let's start with a Tahara, and I think we'll find many, many interesting ideas contained in the broader statements of Chazal about Tahara, and specifically the commentaries on uh, Avos. And then we'll move to Shimush Chachamim. Um, as I mentioned, uh, it really in many cases in Avos and in the Kinyan Torah, and here is an example of it, we do have different Girsaos. And in fact, uh, in some lists of the 48, uh, Tahara does not exist at all, or in other lists it's in a different order, but I think the conventional uh, texts have Tahara coming next. Many of the Mepharshim understand Tahara as the opposite of Tumah. Tumah in the sense of the Shmutz, uh, things that could contaminate our Neshama in general, with a specific attention or focus uh, on sexual improprieties, Giliarayos and such. So, for example, here in Kinyan Torah, the Medrash Shmuel interprets Tahara in that vein. And he says that a Tamil Chacham must remove impure thoughts so that the holy, impure Torah can reside within him. Kia Torah, Tahora, Ukidosha. By nature, Torah is pure, it's Tahor and holy. And therefore, Enachala b'makom Tumah. And therefore, it cannot reside in an impure place. So it is necessary as a prerequisite, says the Medrash Shmuel, to have Tahara. It makes a lot of sense, says the Medrash Shmuel, why Tahara is a critical list in the Kinyane Torah. You can't have a Kinyan Torah unless you first had Tahara, first removed the Shmutz, as it were, first removed the Arayos or other impure thoughts. On the broader connection between Tahara and Torah, there are a number of statements in Chazal which support this point. The Medrash Tanchuma in Parshas Tzav uh, tells us something which is very striking, in part because it's clearly no longer the Minhag. But the Minhag used to be, and it's here quoted in the Medrash, that children, when they would just start school, the first Torah that they would learn, when they were ready uh, for Chumash, the first Torah they would learn is actually not Sefer Bereshis, but they would start with Vayikra. And the Medrash asks, Why of all things do we start with Vayikra? And the answer of the Medrash very famously is that we start with the work in the Mishkan and the Karbanos, Yavo Tahorim, Asku Tahorim. That children who are Tahor should start off with something which is about Tahara, uh, the whole life of the Mikdash and the Mishkan and the Seder HaKarbanos requires a higher level of tahara, of the kohanim, the mikdash, people who are tamei become tahor through karbonos, uh, etc., etc., and the, the service helps people grow closer to Hashem. So on some level, it's kind of a, a cutesy idea that the children are tahor, learn about tahara, but I think on a deeper level, it underscores uh, this notion of Torah itself, in the broadest sense, requiring uh, or best being learnt in a matzav, in a situation of tahara. More specifically, uh, on the idea that one has to deal with the 
contaminating forces, if you will, uh, of Tumah and deal with that as a prerequisite. So there's a number of statements in Chazal that speak about this specifically in the context of uh, someone who wants to learn first being married. And we're in Yuma and Aflamates, uh, Darshan's the Pasuk in Tehillim, Yiras Hashem Tehora, Omedes Laad, that the person has Yiras Hashem and is pure, that will stand for him forever. And Abachanina explains what's that talking about. It's referring to someone who is Lomei Torah B'Tahara. And how does he do that? What does that mean to learn Torah B'Tahara? And how will that help him for life? No Seisha, the Achakach Lomei Torah. That by first getting married, and again, the implication is that by having a marital structure, a person will be able to uh, live a life of Tahara and the otherwise uh, distractions of his sexual urges will be able to be uh, in a productive and in a holy and a permissive way. Uh, there'll be an outlet for that, and he'll be able to deal with that part of his personality. And by first being no say isha, then he'll learn Torah first, and that will help. This is, of course, uh, striking, because we know that both in terms of our common sense and experience, as well as Chazal, uh, are aware of the fact that uh, one could argue that getting married can have the opposite effect on learning, in the sense of having responsibility uh, of Parnassah towards uh, one's family and eventually to children. And that old Parnassah could actually be a problem for learning. Statements of Chazal are certainly aware of that. So here, apparently, at least according to this uh, drasha by Rav Hanina, the need for Tahara and the fact that being single for a prolonged period of time can prevent that, and therefore being married can help with one's learning, uh, is really quite striking, since we know that there are counter-arguments that one could have marshaled, and yet Rabbi Hanina in the Gemara here sees that as an important thing. This is actually an idea which we already have in Perk itself, in the immediately preceding chapter in Perk Hay, Mishnah Chafalaf, Ben Shmon Asra recommending 18 for Chopa, and the Lechem Shemaim there of Yaakov Emden in Perk Hay explains that if you marry and then focus on Torah, it'll be B'Taharas HaMachshava, First by getting married, then you'll have the Taharas Hamashava. And um, that's obviously the same idea which we just mentioned. And interestingly, the Lechem Shemaim quotes in support, not the Gemara Numa, but in fact there's a, yet another Gemara, Gemara in Sanhedrin on Davchav Tess, where Avchizda tests about, attests about himself that he was Adifa Mechavrai, that somehow he was better than some of his other contemporaries. And how so? Did a Sivna Beshitzar, because he actually didn't even wait. He got married even earlier. He got married at 16. So, Obviously, uh, I don't know if these mafarshim, but certainly I do not intend to give marriage advice, and it's certainly for good reason a not common practice, with perhaps exceptions in some parts of the Hasidic world. Uh, no one throughout the broader uh, swath of the Orthodox community gets married so young, and certainly people don't recommend uh, p- young men getting married. Clearly the focus here is young, young men uh, at such a young age. But the broader point presumably is still true if it's based on human nature, which I think it is. And the first interpretation we have here is really something for us to consider. Again, the, the utter incompatibility of Tuma with Torah, which is Tahor, and therefore needing to have strategic and good, smart, well-thought-out, concrete ways to deal with the challenges that are perhaps both timeless, human nature and the sexual urges which Hashem created us with, Perhaps, uh, in particular, they can be exacerbated by certain societal 
you know, breakdowns of pritzos, etc. So that is all problems, not only for a person wanting to learn Torah, but even if he wants to learn Torah, Torah may not penetrate because of the Tumah. So the first interpretation we have here of Tahara is when we need to figure out ways, marriage and otherwise, in order to deal with the challenge of Tumah so that we can have a heart that is receptive and a body that can actually be Kone Torah. A second interpretation also sees Tahara as the opposite of Tumah in the sense of that Shmutz, but not so much as a prerequisite, but rather as a result. The Medrash in the Sifrei in Parshas Ekev tells us that, uh, as we know and we've seen before, that the Torah is compared to water, but unlike other sources which give different interpretations, different lessons for the comparison between Torah and water, according to this source, the Medrash in the Sifrei, Ma ma'im ma'alim asatmeim mitumasam, kach devrei Torah ma'alim asatmeim, just like the waters of the mikvah can make a person and transform him from being tamay to tahor, so too the Torah itself, divrei Torah, is ma'alim hatmeim me'atumasam. So this is seeing tumah in the same way, but actually the opposite of what we saw previously. Not necessarily a contradiction, but the opposite. And that is that Torah has the ability to transform, to take the tamay and make it into something which is tahor. The Chafetz Chaim in the Likuti Halachos uh, stresses this as well. And he makes the point that uh, even if a soul, even if a person is initially very bad, but the Koch of Torah can purify him and turn him into a new person. And uh, in order to support this, among other things, the Chafetz Chaim quotes the Pasuk in Yirmiyahu, in Parak Chav Gimel, Pasuk Chav Tes, Devarai Ke'esh Num Hashem. So here Torah is compared to fire. So what's the comparison to fire? So the Chavetz Chaim sees it in a similar vein. Just like fire can transform a kli via the process of libun, so too Torah can be malabe in a person, can burn out, if you will, the kohos hara, the kohos atoma, and make a person tahor. So these two interpretations, on the one hand, are almost opposite of each other, but what they share in common is the understanding of tuma as a opposite, Tahara and Arabraisa is the opposite of Tumah, and therefore either Torah is a, pre- Tumah is a problem, and therefore you need Tahara as a prerequisite, or that even if there is some measure of Tumah through the metaphor of water or fire, Torah has the ability to purify. In a somewhat similar vein, uh, the Rambam in Yisurei Bia in Kafbet Halacha Chav Aleph, uh, just points out that these type of bad thoughts, the tumah that we're describing, that kind of schmutz, so that comes, he says, when your mind is empty, if you will, from Torah. In other words, that if your mind is kind of empty, there's space for the tumah to enter. But if we fill up our minds, if we fill up our hearts with Torah, then that's almost a barrier and a built-in protection, so there's nowhere for the tumah to enter. Says Ramam, If you focus on Torah and you expand your mind by filling it with Torah, There'll be no room or no time, either way, for the Tumah, nowhere for it to go, no time for it to enter, because you need a lay panoi from Chachma. If your mind is empty and open, then the Tumah will seep in. But if you fill up your time and your mind with Tahara, then there is no other room. So we have seen, uh, in a certain sense, two or three different interpretations of Tahara here, all understood as the opposite. Uh, the first interpretation that it's a prerequisite, we need to remove the Tumah in order to have Torah. 
Number two, it's a result. The Tahara can be the result. Torah can transform us and purify us from our Tumah. And then we had the practical advice in a certain sense that if we fill ourselves up with Torah, there simply will be no room and no place for the Tumah to be absorbed even to begin with. A completely different interpretation, and one that's worth uh, spending a few minutes on, but a completely different interpretation uh, can be suggested uh, from another of other sources. Until now, we've been discussing Tahara as the opposite of Tumah, almost, so to speak, defense. But there's another more ambitious, more positive, idealistic uh, sense of Tahara. For example, if you look at Mesil Yesharim, one of the rungs on his spiritual ladder is Tahara. And he's not talking about moving away from, but rather it's a way of moving towards. It's a positive thing, Taharas Halev. As the Apostle in Tehillim in Perak Nun Aleph tells us, Lev Tahor Bara Elokim. Hashem created us with a Lev Tahor, or as we say in our Shabbos davening, Taher Libenu. And what these makorot uh, are pointing towards is the idea of Rachmana you Libaboy, know, in the sense that my life should be a clear, with a single-minded focus, all for Avodat Hashem, Avodat HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's that rung on the ladder of Mesil Sesharim. That's the Leif Tahor Baralakim. We were created naturally to focus on spiritual goals and ideals and growth and getting close to Hashem. We clutter that up with other things, and therefore we strive for a tahara, not as a sense of the opposite of tumah, but tahara in the sense of single-minded focus, a pure, unadulterated focus on growth and ruchnius. Rabbi Dr. Abraham uh, Tversky, in his uh, book on Perkyavos, writes similarly that the tahara here refers to a purity of purpose and motivation. And he calls our attention to the Rambam and the Shemona Prakim in Perkei, who says that all of our actions should be done for a higher purpose, a spiritual growth, for a single focus. Even our physical needs, our bodily needs, why do we eat, why do we sleep, it should all be done for this higher goal. Parnasa, eating, sleeping, etc., all these things can be forms of Avodos Hashem if the reason we do them is so that we have the time and resources and energy and ability to serve Hashem. It's a high level and it requires a certain level of forethought and intentionality, which is why the Mesil Sharm, for example, has it you know, on a high up on his rung of spiritual ladder, but that is a completely different form of tahara, not just one that's avoiding tumah, but with something to strive for in the positive sense of the purity of purpose, of a dedication, of a singular focus on the higher calling. So these are the various interpretations of tahara. Again, the first ones focusing on tahara as a defense against the negative of the shmutz of Tumah. We have to avoid or remove the shmutz to make a Kenyan Torah. We have to avoid it in the sense that Torah can transform and remove it, or we can fill our mind with Tahara, and therefore there's no room for the Tumah. But then we had this last and final one of purity of purpose, of a single-minded dedication and focus, not just a surah so to speak, but an asay tov, not just playing defense, but even in a certain sense playing offense, a spiritual goal to aspire towards, not just a way of avoiding tumma. Okay, the next uh, and second, uh, next uh, one of the kinyanim that's mentioned and our second one for today's shir is a completely different topic, and that is shimush chachamim. Uh, what exactly this means, we'll have to see, but broadly speaking, it means some kind of serving or being around or being involved with Rabbanim, Chachamim. And clearly, uh, as we shall see, uh, the implication in Chazal is not as a contradiction to learning, obviously, but something other than actual learning. And this is, of course, striking that it should be on a list of Kinyane Torah. 
one could imagine that, you know, being respectful, helpful uh, to your Rebbe, to Rabbanim, to rabbis, being supportive of your rabbi, that's a nice midah, it's a good thing. But if it's dafka understood as something other than learning, so how can that be one of the kinyane Torah? How can that be something that actually helps us, so to speak, in learning? So before we answer that question, uh, it is worth uh, taking a quick tour uh, through Tanakh and Chazal, because it's really quite striking, if not overwhelming, how much emphasis and how strong a focus there is on this notion of shimush rabbonim and shimush chachamim. Uh, first, the first place to start, unquestionably, is with the Torah's repeated descriptions and Tanakh's repeated descriptions of none other than Yehoshua. In Shmos, Perak Gimel, Yehoshua is described as Umsharso, Yehoshua ben Nun, Na'ar lo yamush mitoch ohel. And in two other places, both uh, in Babidbar, Perak Aleph, as well as in the opening Pasuk of Yehoshua, again he is described as Yehoshua ben Nun, Mishares Moshe. What is the singular characteristic, the most important, presumably, characteristic that we need to know about Yehoshua? That he is one who served uh, and helped out Moshe. He was the Mesharis Moshe. He was Meshamesh Moshe. And in fact, in an incredible passage, the Medrash in Bamin Baraba, Parsha Chaf Aleph, tells us very poignantly that Moshe wanted his children, his own biological children, that they should be his successors. But Hashem told him that that was not going to happen, that in fact Hashem had decided that the better choice was Yehoshua. And how so? Why Yehoshua and not Moshe's children? Why Yehoshua and not other worthy candidates of the generation? So the Medrash tells us that Yehoshua, Moshe speaking in God's voice towards Hashem, Hashem tells Moshe, Yehoshua, Hirbe Sharascha, he did a lot to be Mesharis you, he served you a lot. Hirbe Chalek Lechakavod, he gave you lots of honor. He got up early and he cleaned the base medrash and he readied the base medrash and set aside the pillows and the benches. He made it all good. Who he was Mesharis you, Bechol Kocho, he served you with all of his strength, all of his energy. It therefore is deserving, it behooves him, and it's, he is deserving of the ability, after having served you so faithfully and so loyally, that he should be able to now serve as the leader of the Jewish people. So Yoshua, again, this Medrash is clearly picking up on the three Psukim and Tanakh that we mentioned, but Yoshua is seen as an exemplar of Shimush, and if we ask the question, why was Yoshua deserving to be the leader who took the Jewish people into Eretz Yisrael? Why was Yoshua deserving to be the leader who succeeded Moshe? And the Torah, Tanakh, and clearly Chazal's answer is Shimush Chachamim, because of his service and his dedication to Moshe. Speaking broadly about this important topic, the Gemara Brachos and Avzayin uses Elisha and his relationship with Eliyahu as a model for this as well. And it points out that the Psukim describe and compliment Elisha, and it describes him as someone who was Vayatzak, uh, gives an example of something that he did to serve and to help Eliyahu, and it doesn't mention, goes out of his way not to say that he learned Torah from Eliyahu. And the Gemara gleans from this choice of Psukim that the, Torah, that the Tanakh describes Elisha as someone who served Eliyahu more than that he learned from him. Gedola Shimusha Shel Torah Yoser Milimudo. We see from here an amazing statement, says the Gemara, from Elisha and the description of Elisha, that even though he did learn a lot from Eliyahu, he's described as someone who served Eliyahu because Gedola Shimusha Shel Torah Yoser Milimudo. In some way, that Shimush Chachamim, Shimush Rabbanim is even more important than learning from them. 
exactly why that is so, we still have to answer. We'll get to it in a moment. But before we do, just a few more sources to highlight this point yet again. The Gemara and Brachos later on the Memzayin says that a person who learns but didn't do any shimush has a halachic status of amaretz. You're not even supposed to do a zimun. You're not supposed to eat, have a meal with such a person. Quite a uh, strong condemnation. The Gemara in Sota uh, goes even further, referring to that person as a boor, some kind of uneducated, unsophisticated, very negative, pejorative term, uh, despite the fact that the person learned. But without shimush, he's like a boor. And really amazingly, uh, is a very interesting statement that is brought up in Tosfos, in Ksubis, on Daphne Zion, where the Gemara there says that we're mevatlan talmatorul hotzas hames that uh, as seriously as we take bitl Torah, but you're allowed to interrupt your Torah learning to help uh, do the mitzvah of kvura, of burying a dead person. So Tosos points out that the Gemara in Masechtas Derech Eretz, one of the Masechtas Ketanos, the Brisa there in Derech Eretz, says the name of Rabbi Akiva, that he in fact once did that, that he in fact once was on his way uh, learning Torah, learning on his way to his Rebbeim, being with his Rebbeim, but then he stopped to help go to the Beis Akfaros to help for a funeral, and there he was strongly condemned by his Rebbeim, that they told him that every Every step he took as part of the Levayas Hames was an Avera. So Tosas asks, it seems to be a contradiction to our Gemara, which said in Ksubis that you could be Mavatal Talmud Torah for a burial. So one of the answers that's given is from Tosas is from the Rimi Kubriel, who answers that Hasam Mishim Debitel Atzmo Me Shimush Chachamim. And therefore, that contradicts what we say, Gadol Shimusha Yoser Milumuda. Says Rimi Kubriel something astounding. The Gemara in Ksubis is talking about being Mavatel Talmud Torah. And Talmud Torah, as important as it is, that can be interrupted for burial. But Rabbi Akiva wasn't learning. He was dafka being Meshamesh Tamir Chachamim. He was helping out, involved with a learning, non-book learning, so to speak. Uh, he was just hanging out with the Rebbeim and helping the Rebbeim. But that is Godol Milimuda, and therefore that, Taka, you're not allowed. You cannot interrupt that even uh, for a burial. So you add all this up and you have a clear, if not overwhelming sense that Shimush Tamir Chachamim is incredibly important and on some level even more important than Talmud Torah. So all of this begs the question, why? Why is it so important? What element is there that is uh, provided by the Shimush of the Tamir Chachamim which would not otherwise be present just from the learning, the going to the Shi'urim or even reading the Chedushim? Um, what is so important about this out of class, so to speak, uh, connection and affinity between Rebbe and Talmud, the Shimush Tamir Chachamim. So I want to share with you briefly five different interpretations, all similar to each other, but all different in different ways, slightly different ways. So first of all, the Medrash Shmuel says here on our Brightsa that by Shimush, you can forge a more permanent relationship. Uh, it's not just the time of Shir or in the base Medrash, but it could be throughout the day. And therefore, even during the downtimes when there's not actual Talmud Torah taking place, but you'll still learn things from the Rebbe. You'll observe him, how he relates to his family, how he acts in the grocery store. I mean, I'm just embellishing on my own. The Medrash Shmuel doesn't elaborate, but all those other things of life which are not involved in teaching or learning Torah, but if you observe the Rebbe, you can learn other things from him. As the Gemara in Sukkah says, Afilu sichasan shal chachamim Even the, the, the Stam casual conversations from Tamir Chachamim 
Nachamim uh, should be studied because there are life lessons that can be learned. Uh, similarly, Rav Yaakov Emden here in the Lechem Shemayim, as you'll observe your teachers, Hanhagos, you'll see the way they act, even in matters of Derech Eretz, of just regular living, and that's something that you can learn from as well. So that's the first interpretation, that there's a whole other part of life uh, that may not be, strictly speaking, Torah, or Talmud Torah, but nevertheless, the way that he does it uh, is probably based on Torah values and based on a personality that's been forged by Torah, and therefore by Shimush, by being with him even and observing him and helping him even outside the learning context, you will learn from those things. Uh, the Tiferes Yisrael here on our Isa uh, says something which I think is slightly different. He says, Yilmad mima'asehem harbe mehalacha So it could be that he means the same thing as what we previously saw. But it might also mean that he means something more in a specific halachic sense. Uh, in fact, Rav Chaim Velozhin, the Ruach Chaim here in our Brisa, quotes again the same Gemara in Sukkah on Daf Chavalef of Sichas and Shalmit Tamin Chachamim. But there, the way the Ruach Chaim understands it is, Yisbar lo kame inyonim batorah. Uh, that if you hang out with the person and have all these other experiences, Mimela, so to speak, uh, or as Rav Salvechik might have said, uh, willy-nilly, uh, you will come to hear and understand other inyonim of Torah. And I think, again, maybe I'm kvetching a little too much to find a subtle difference, but I think it's possible that what Rav Chaim Velazhner especially, but even the Tefer Yisrael, might be different than what we previously saw, which is not just that there's all sorts of non-halachic parts of life and you can learn from the values and the behavior of the teacher, but specifically that even in the downtime, the Rebbe either the way he acts, you might see the way he acts in halachic matters, or just in general, in casual conversation, uh, if you're talking about real Tamil Chachamim, there is no downtime. Torah will always come out. You, know, you might be having uh, some conversation about the food or the weather, but you never know when Torah or a psak or a parish on something in Torah will come out. And therefore, the more time you spend with the Rebbe, Yitbar lo kamen yanim b'Torah, all sorts of things may become clear to you and help you in your learning. So that's where I see perhaps a subtle difference between the, this second interpretation of the Tiferes Shural and the Ruach Hayim, uh, as opposed to the first uh, idea from the Medrash Shmuel. A third idea uh, is quoted in our Brisa by Rav Baruch HaLevi Epstein, the author more well-known of the Torah Tamima, also has a series of Sfarim called Baruch She'amar on different things, uh, and including Baruch She'amar on Perkeyavos. So here in the sixth chapter in our Brisa, uh, one of his interpretations uh, is something very different. And in fact, I think it's really earlier said by the Maritz Chios in his Ha'aris to uh, the Gemara in Masechta Brachos, which are in the back of the Vilna Shas, you have the Ha'aris of the Maritz Chios. So he quotes an idea from the Gon, from the Vilna Gon. I'm not sure if we have this in any of the other writings of the Vilna Gon. At least I have not seen it, but the Maritz Chios quotes this from the Vilna Gon that... It's not stam shimush. It doesn't mean just hanging out and going to the grocery store or having dinner with the Rebbe or just schmoozing with him and doing, giving him a ride back to his house. But rather, it specifically refers to shimush shel limud. That is to say, if you see learning in action, it will have a greater impact. It's not enough to just to learn Hilcha Shabbos with the Rebbe, but if you then spend Shabbos at the Rebbe's house, you will see Shimush Shalimud. You heard a Shir and Hilchus Borer, you'll see how the Rebbe prepares the food. You heard a Shir and Hilchus Kiddush, you'll see how the Rebbe makes Kiddush, etc., etc. It's the experiential, uh, by seeing the Torah in its Lamaisa, the way it's being lived by the Rebbe, not just how he taught it, in the abstract or theoretical, that will have a greater impression and make a greater impression on the students. So that is, I think, a completely different uh, new dimension of the idea of the benefit of Shimush. Uh, the final two interpretations, I think, are completely, completely different, and they speak about the relationship between Rebbe and Talmud 
as a goal in and of itself. Not just that the shimush will help uh, external things, but that the val- there's a certain different relationship that can be accomplished. So, for example, uh, really, uh, I think way ahead of his time and very prescient, the Maharal and Der Chaim says there's a difference between learning and, on the other hand, hiskarvus el hatam and chacham ba'atzmo and chibur of. The difference between just learning from a Rebbe and then getting close to or connecting, being mechaber, to the Rebbe himself. One is from the Torah, and one is from the teacher or the Rebbe himself. And what the Maharal is highlighting is that a personal connection with the teacher will be a love esa Torah, in his words. That will have a greater impact and help him absorb and learn the Torah better. Now, first of all, I think the reason this is different than what we've seen until now is what the Maharal, I believe, is saying is he's not focusing on new information you can learn from your shimush. All the previous interpretations described that you learn new things in Derech Eretz, in Halacha Lamaisa, in Yanei Torah. They'll just come out in one way or another with the interpretations we saw previously. Derech Chaim, I think, that the Maral is saying not so much that you learn anything new, but the fact that you have a relationship with the Rebbe forged outside of the classroom through the Shimush, that will allow the Rebbe's words, both before and after, to have a greater impact on the person. It's not so much new information, but helping create a more fertile ground for the old, so to speak, information to be impact in Nishrash. I mention this as being, you know, prescient and ahead of time only because uh, I think at this point, pretty much across the educational spectrum, uh, everyone is aware of and focuses on the idea of the Rebbe Talmud relationship and the Kesher with Talmudim. Um, and however long it took various other Rebbeim, yeshivas, and institutions to figure this out, it seems like the Maharal already in his day understood uh, the value of the Rebbe Talmud relationship, and that was his interpretation of Shimush Tamidi Chachamim and Godel Shimusho Yosem Mudo. Last but not least, I want to share an amazing interpretation of Rav Shimon Shkop. Shimon Shkop, the great Rosh Hashiva of Grodno. Uh, so in his magnum opus, the Shara Yoshar, in the introduction, he quotes a very, very curious, peculiar Gemara and Babakama, Tafchaf Amet, where Rav Chizda asked Rami Barchama a certain question, and before he would answer him, Rami Barchama said to him, first, you should be Mashamish for me. If you serve me in some way, only then I'll answer you. And the Gemara described how Rav Chizda folded his handkerchief, and only then would Rami Barchama answer him. That's the Gemara. So Rav Shimon Shkab says, you know, what is going on here? It's a matmia, you know, it's kind of like, you know, chas it almost is like abusive or, you know, manipulative. You know, the Rebbe is getting his Talmud just to serve him. I won't teach you if you don't help me out with my handkerchief or in some other way. That can't be, right? It just can't be. But it's just, what, how, how else do you understand the Gemara? So Rav Shimon quoted from his brother-in-law a different, really a remarkable interpretation, which is consistent with this idea we've been seeing. And that is, he says... Um, for the real hard questions in Torah and in life that we want guidance from our Rebbe, um, you need the trust and dedication to the Rebbe. That needs to come first. Or else you just simply can't learn from him. You need what we might call buy-in. Again, a certain degree of trust and commitment, perhaps, to the Rebbe that this is, I'm loyal to you, I'm committed to you, I trust you, I revere you. If you have that kind of buy-in, that respect, that trust beforehand, then, or quotes from his brother-in-law, then 
you know, if it's just an easy question, you know, what we might call a Mishnabura question to look up or not look up, okay, you can ask me, Rebbe, he can tell you. But the really hard questions, whether it's life guidance or even just hard questions of, of Torah, of Ashkafa, of Halacha, so you need, Rami Rahama was teaching us that you need first total dedication, you need a real commitment. Only once you have that will the person trust what you say, even if they don't necessarily fully understand this. The Gemara is example of Rechaman Rav Chizda. It wasn't chas manipulative or, God forbid, abusive, but rather it was a way of Rav Chizda demonstrating his loyalty, his trust, his buy-in to Rav Barachama. But once Rav Chizda tr- expressed and displayed, I should say, perhaps, he displayed his trust and his commitment and his buy-in to Rav Barachama, so then Rav Barachama knew, I could explain this to him, I can give him this pshat, I can give him this psak, and whether or not he'll understand it, he'll accept it. And I think the broader point uh, is that that is something that Shimush both indicates, it's a siman, but also a siba. It cultivates. The more time one spends with a Rebbe, and the more even in some generic sense, like in this Gemara, you help the Rebbe, you're a mishamesh. In some cases, you serve him, you help him, you do things for him. Um, but if all of this is from the Rebbe and the Talmud's perspective, sincere in the Shem Shamayim, what it's about is not you know, free help, so to speak, to be crass, uh, but rather it's a way of creating that relationship and that trust, that buy-in. And if you want to truly have a Rebbe relationship, it's not enough for the Rebbe to be dedicated, but you need that loyalty and that trust and that buy-in from the Talmudim. If you have that, then the Rebbeim's words will be taken seriously and with great commitment, even when they're not fully, fully understood. So I think these are uh, subtly different, but I think all slightly different and very important interpretations for why Shimush is considered so, so, so important, not only in general for Avodah Hashem, but specifically in one's learning. It's that relationship you can get and learn even the Derech Eretz of life. You can see the, uh, the Halacha Lamaisa of the way the Rebbe acts. You can see the Halachas that you learned in the book, in the base Medrash. You can see it played out in action. And you can also develop that relationship, as the Maral said, the Chibur and the Harvus to the Talmud Chacham, which will make you more receptive to the Torah and this totally different and, I think, remarkable interpretation of, quoted in the Shari Yoshar, of the need for the buy-in and the trust, which can be both indicated but also generated through the sh- And that can lead to not only a lasting relationship between Rebbe and Talmud, but creates a certain trust that the Rebbe will have from his Talmud, which will allow him to guide him in all different ways.